All right, this is just me. Okay, and we're rolling. Hello, <laughs> I'm Katie. And I'm Dana, we're back. We're back for another one. <laughs> This is, you know, a reminder for anyone who's coming back, uh, a podcast on where we cut the cord on cultural norms and expectations and explore how we can all live on our own terms and just live as authentically as possible. Exactly. Uh, so to kick us off, uh, what's just your general vibe? Katie, how are you feeling today? How are you doing? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I am okay. Uh, I was telling Dana before, actually, we started recording this, so I'll share it with you guys. But lately, just full transparency, I have been struggling a little bit with just like my general confidence when it comes to performance and stating my point of view and especially at work. And that's just something I wanted to be really honest about because as we record this, it's also hard to hear your own voice and hear your own thoughts out loud. This is just another place that we're doing it. And it's been a little, it's been tough for me when, I, when I'm talking, I'm like, oh my God, I, I hear what I'm saying. Do I like it? Do I hate it? Should I pivot? Should I just run to the bathroom? What should I do? But anyway, we're going to keep, keep trying, keep striving for a good episode. Yes. And uh, hopefully you guys like what you hear. But yeah, I just wanted to be honest about that because it's, it's a little bit of a struggle, I think, that we all go through. Um, so, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, like everything is put into glaring you know um light of just where are we going what are we doing am i doing things right am i headed in the right direction i'm so sorry <laughs> i wish this was visual <laughs> speaking of figuring it out <laughs> you just took a sip of her drink and I mean, the garnish is gorgeous, but a full leaf of basil also went with her sip. In. Slipping in and out of my mouth disgustingly as Dana's trying to give a really beautifully elo eloquent uh, thought. It was really disgusting. Listen, it's hard. It's hard out here. I'm sorry. Please. Please continue. It was gorgeous. The, the <laughs> I was just staring at her with my eyes open. Like, leaf, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do with the basil leaf as if anyone else was looking at it but me? Um, it's fine. You cleaned it up okay. like gracefully. Thank so you. gracefully. Um, it was beautiful. But yeah, yes, I think we're all feeling a little like, oh. Um, but yeah, it's so hard and it can be such a moment to reflect and therefore be more hyper aware of like oh. how confident you feel or lack thereof or what you need to be better at and what you need to change. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's way too much pressure. And yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do this week is just like more gracefully, like compassionately peacefully enter the year mm -hmm. and not like put too much emphasis on having the right you know mindset or mm -hmm. resetting in the perfect way mm -hmm. or getting off to the right start because like every day you got to just take it day by day especially now and I think that has helped me not feel so much anxiety going into the new year and totally. breaking into 2022 on the right foot and it's also just being self-aware 
is a blessing and it's this self-fulfilling prophecy right where you're like oh like i don't feel confident my performance is going to be really poor because i don't feel confident and then you have the poor performance and you're like ah i'm really not confident right now and it, it just keeps going and going so i'm really trying to throw myself off of that roller coaster yes because uh, i know what's happening right now but we've uh, all been there yeah i think you know, this year especially, like, everything's been so hard and some things are so uncertain. Let's just all be, you know, compassionate with each other as we try to ease into this because who knows what's going on. I don't. I don't either. <laughs> be nice to yourself and be nice to everyone mm-hmm. around you and we'll get out of it okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling... Good. I'm feeling good. I, at the beginning of the week, I was feeling all of that like pressure where I was like, I don't have what I need to overcome. And so I was feeling very anxious about that and feeling out of control. And then I just had a moment midweek where I was like, maybe I didn't do all of that or I didn't like sit down and write my learnings because I didn't want to. And I was tired and I just want to move forward. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to just move forward sometimes and mm-hmm. not have to like actively learn from the past or reflect on the past and so I'm just gonna lean into that and see where it takes me and so I'm feeling like a little bit more at peace in that realization and not feeling so much pressure to have my mindset in check it's a really good example of allowing yourself to just be Mm. which came out of the last episode that we made um and you were so excited to be a little bit of a hermit Mm -hmm. and to go and be introspective and do all those things. But when the time actually comes, you might not be there. You can plan for things all you want. And then you're like, I am not there when day of, I think that's good for you. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's, that's like what I've been trying to tell myself. And yes, exactly. It's so funny. Sometimes uh, the whole podcast is about like you set out thinking things are going to be a certain way or you should, should do it a do certain it. way and then you realize you know it's okay also to can we give everybody permission to just not want to do something like if you don't want to do it and you think you should do it it's okay to sometimes be like this isn't right I don't feel it I'm not feeling it right now and let it go. Again, another thing that we need to put pressure on ourselves for. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-mm. Stop that. We're all doing our best already. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're doing good with that at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what we're here to do. We have that part figured out. <laughs> we are here to question all these things and allow for more room for people to feel comfortable in choosing their own paths and ideas and explorations. Um, And I think that sets up one really big thing that we're going to tackle today in this episode. We, we yeah, and we're not holding back here. We're, today, we're going to tackle monogamy. Boop! Ah, Monogamy? (laughs) Question mark? What is it? Why? Why are we doing this? Is it realistic? Is it a thing? Like, what does it mean now? What did it mean then? What, how are we dealing with it? Is anyone really monogamous? Is it just me? (laughs) Is monogamy what the hell? I don't know. Is it just me or is everyone really um, 
lying to themselves when they mm-hmm. set out on this ideal monogamous relationship. Oof, yeah. And it feels really relevant right now, especially at our age. I feel yeah. like this is the age where um, you start thinking a lot more about putting down roots and finding your person. And by your 30s, you should have, you know, your monogamous relationship intact and you should be locking it down. Lots of people are getting married. Lots of people are having babies, all the things. And even coming out of the pandemic, there was so much talk about monogamy and kind of those relationships that we had to be stuck in a small apartment with, Mm -hmm. right? And how that changed our dynamics. And so it feels really relevant now to talk about this, but also as a really big kind of marker of the status quo that we want to question and challenge and share our own experience with and hopefully, you know, hear more of different opinions and different ways of approaching it. Totally. It is just kind of incredible from the jump, like how ingrained monogamy is in our culture from the time we're like little, little children. Mm. Any Disney movie, you know, the prince finds his princess, they get married and they live happily ever after. Like we are watching this stuff since from two years old Mm. and on. And That's all we really know, and that's what we're comfortable with. But I think alternative relationships are becoming more popular Mm -hmm. or at least more acknowledged. But there's also a lot of, you know, stigma. Stigma towards single people in Mm -hmm. their 30s and stigma towards alternative relationships just because this this is so beyond the territory that's been ingrained in us. So I'm really excited to talk about it. And just talk about like what what is upholding this standard, and what are the experiences that we've we've had, good and bad. You know, mm-hmm. I think blanket statement before we go in. We're not saying monogamy is a bad thing. Yes. If it if it works for people, it a hundred percent is supported. I mean, shit. Me and me and Dana are in monogamous relationships. hundred percent. But obviously our relationships are different and the things that we talk about and the expectations we set with our partners are always different. <laughs> so so it'll it'll be an interesting conversation because we both have a lot of thoughts on it and reasons why we love it, why we're scared of it, why we're scared mm. to think beyond monogamy for ourselves, but also society as a whole. Totally. And I think just to briefly define what we mean by monogamy, at least for this conversation and how we're thinking about it is sort of that true definition or like the state or practice of having one sexual romantic partner for a long time for either for a committed period of time. Mm-hmm. It might That might be mean marriage. It may just mean a committed partner, but the sort of cultural ideal and construct of monogamous relationships being coupledom, a partnership for the long term, mm-hmm. and really focused on that like singular relationship and the singularity of that that partnership between two people, right? And that commitment, ne- not necessarily any, and not opening up any of the other options beyond that. So that's yeah. kind of what we're talking about when we say monogamy. Yeah, monogamy as the rule. And even as you were saying, it's funny. Like there is so much data. I think especially coming out of the pandemic, like this has been studied more or looked at more or been in the press more. But there is so much data about, you know, we are 
delaying marriage, mm-hmm. right? We are not partnering in the same way that we used to. More people are single. I think like thir- over 31% of Americans identify as single these days. And that could mean, you know, divorce. That could mean unmarried. That could mean living solo. It could mean lots of things, but not in that traditional monogamy, you know, path. And so more people are are kind of choosing that lifestyle. There is most most of us are delaying it, and yet we still live in this culture that very much sort of funnels you towards the path of monogamy because it is this sort of like cultural and financial and societal institution. We live in a culture that makes it compulsory to be monogamous. It's more financially beneficial for you to be married and to be in a partnership. Single people really, it takes a toll on their finances to have to pay for everything in their lives, tax deductions that happens for for couples Mm -hmm. versus people who are single and living solo. We also have this ideal from all the rom-coms and all the messaging in our lives that monogamy is the like ultimate ideal it makes you happier it makes you healthier it makes you a worthy human to be loved in that way by one person and find your soulmate find your boo your perfect match right and also like you know I think we do have like a lot of judgment around it where it's all about the ideal of love and what romance is, is someone who is your equal, someone who perfectly matches you. And so when, you know, you can't find that person or it's not in your cards or you're still trying to figure out if that's right for you, it can feel like, is something wrong with me? Other people might think like, why haven't they settled down yet? Why haven't they found their person? And so it becomes like this both internal uh, thing where you've been conditioned to say I want to find my person that's the end goal and then external thing of feeling judged for not finding them or not living in that way and and making monogamy the center of your life of your relationships of fulfillment so lots of lots of deep-seated I think relationships with monogamy and that are very cultural that are very deeply rooted in our society and our institutions etc um that we want to kind of tackle and say are there alternatives to that and i think you know marriage or monogamy however we're talking about and whatever it is it definitely has been something that particularly for women has been somewhat of a protection in some ways Mm -hmm. and also a hindrance right Mm -hmm. and it's it has been a way to protect yourself financially because women used to not be able to earn money Mm -hmm. women didn't have rights etc i mean we're still you know grappling with those women still don't make enough money and women still don't have all the rights they're supposed to i know i'm like that's in the past (laughs) um but yeah it is sometimes like a form of security and protection for women more historically but still now even I think we think of it in those terms as well we can't get away from that reality but it can also be really harmful if those relationships aren't healthy if they're not you know uh, safeguarded if they're hurtful and painful and it's hard for women to get out of those situations so for sure I mean I think that is all a lot of really important context to 
how hard it can actually be to live up to the standard and the ideal of monogamy or, you know, what the marriage institutions and rules and codes are and contracts that happen. Yeah. And if, sure. and if you're living outside of it, it could make for an unsafe situation or yeah. a completely stigmatized situation where you are, you are the outcast to a majority of the world. A hundred percent. Not when we think about, especially like growing into who you are as a woman and, being financially stable, being having the opportunities you want. I think that's still a big thing at play when totally. we think about being monogamous or not. I think because we're so monogamy obsessed, it becomes like a question of like, will you ever feel real love? Because real love is monogamy. And if you don't practice right. that, are you ever really feeling that love? And it's like, love. <laughs> Who can say what love is? But I think we are all like sort of conditioned to think that way. And can your heart, you know, if you're in a polyamorous relationship, can your heart um, handle full and complete love from from more than just one person? Mm. And the answer is yes, if you want it to. Like, you know, it doesn't just have to be one person's love fills my whole heart why not have you know three people fill your whole heart my god like what what a gift to have <laughs> three people give you their love at the same time if that's what you want like what what a wonderful gift that is okay we're recording this in an apartment in brooklyn new york and the windows are open and it's very loud outside. So anyway, we are going to go for a quick little break and we will dive more into uh, monogamy and question mark after the break. So we're back and we are, you know, discussing monogamy, why it's the norm and how it affects people, their self-perception, their ability to move through the world, their relationships, their well-being in all ways. And yeah, unpacking whether it's realistic or not and what's going on with monogamy. So jumping off from where we were before the break, one, is it just me or are people really short-sighted? when it comes to monogamy. One thing I feel like a lot of people either have been with or have dated, they haven't really been known for their long-term thinking skills. <laughs> I'm sorry, men. This like mostly applies to you. I think women are, because of the self-awareness and the, the empathy and compassion bone that we have, we are able to think a little bit more long-term of what do things look like when I'm 50, 60, 70. I, I find that people can be a bit short-sighted about things, in particular with love and with sex you know people that I used to go to school with did not want partners did not want relationships of any kind and I think people really enjoyed sleeping with other people and getting a little taste of everything and it kind of concerns me that these people that I knew at 21 22 years old are getting married at 27 I'm sorry six years is not a huge difference where you're signing up for this long-term contract of marriage and you're not reading the fine print. Mm-hmm. Hey, this isn't just like for for the honeymoon phase, you have to live out this contract legally and in 
from the promise you made in front of your friends and family, the promise you made to whatever entity you worship, you made this promise to be the partner, the intimate relationship, and, and the one person you have sex with for the rest of your life. And I don't know if people really think about what the rest of their lives really means. Mm. So much can happen in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And we're, we're human beings, we are animals. Kind of looking outside the tunnel vision of your partner is, is going to happen. And there's gonna be life events where maybe someone gets hurt in the relationship or maybe you're too busy for each other or maybe someone feels ignored or maybe you've outgrown each other. Maybe you don't have the same interests. All of these things... But you know, you you make this promise in front of everyone saying we're we'll grow together, we'll change together, we'll accept each other. And and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. But I think there is this never say never mm. part of it where, hey, my needs might change outside of this monogamous relationship. And so I just am so cautious about putting a legal contract on monogamy. And I think people conflate like love with monogamy. Mm. Is love monogamy and is monogamy love? Mm. It doesn't have to be, I'm gonna choose to be committed and have one sexual partner forever as long as we can go. And then once that's not serving you anymore, you, you just cut the cord. Mm -hmm. So like, Staying together forever or multiple marriages is not is not the only way. If commitment to the relationship and growing together with someone is is important to you, mm. you can do that and still explore other things if that's what you and your partner are comfortable with. I think most people would be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> is that a thing? Like, what is well, that? It feels like, you know, not permissible. Because the status quo is that monogamy equals love. I think people really struggle with going outside of monogamy because they have difficulty exploring beyond what they've been taught. People really don't want to sit with their thoughts of what could be. You know, I, I'm in a monogamous relationship. We've been together for almost seven years. And it is uncomfortable to sit with myself and imagine, hey, Katie, like, imagine yourself out on a date with another person, mm. maybe even having sex with another person. How would you feel about that? And really envisioning that for yourself. And I, I think if anything, people feel really bad about thinking about what could be. They already feel like they're cheating on their partner, they're crossing some boundary, when really you're just a human being and it's okay to fantasize. It is okay to have feelings towards people. It is our human nature. And sitting with yourself and thinking about those things is so important. We don't allow ourselves to do that. It's human to explore. And to discover, especially when it comes to relationships and intimacy, like that has so many dimensions. And I think we tend to think it has one dimension of singularity of this one person that's supposed to be right for you in all those ways and fulfilling you in all those ways. And I think especially now, your partner is supposed to be everything to you they have to be your best friend your you know your business partner potentially or at least your champion in your work and your professional life they have to push you forward and help you improve yourself and be your best self there's so many things that we require 
our partner to do now and it's so much pressure and no one can actually live up to that ideal and it's so much pressure and it's just unrealistic I don't I don't think anyone can fill all those roles in your life any one person can do that if I meet someone else who fulfills me in a way that my partner doesn't does that diminish my partner's role why does it have to be an either or right can your heart hold love for both or Mm -hmm. can there be space for both Mm -hmm. ways to you know connect and be fulfilled Mm -hmm. in your life but I think we we tend to think not yeah which is so silly like when when have you not ever been able to love someone you love your mom you love your dad you love your kids you love your partner like there's always room if love is like an infinite well, it's not, it's, it's like at capacity, three people, <laughs> there's a bouncer outside the love club. Like, no, no, the love club is very big. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> like we, we think the love club is like true love club. It's like the VIP of the right, love club right. is for one person. One person only can come behind this red tape. Right. When in reality, yeah, maybe your love club is like popping and everybody's there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the more the merrier. The more love the merrier. Like that is uh, wonderful. Isn't that a party? But once once people start talking about having sex with multiple partners and things like that, it's like, ah, uh, like we, we don't want to... We don't want to talk about that. So you handle that on your own. You handle yeah. that on your own time. And it makes me uncomfortable because I haven't even imagined it for myself. So, but then like putting it into practice, I think either really steers people away from even trying or when people try, they're, they're so alone in their experiences because they're like, no one really supported this to begin with and people think I'm weird and people think I'm a deviant and people think all this stuff. So I'm just going to live on my own island where it's just me. So we don't really get to hear about people's experiences and it doesn't get to be normalized. Yeah. So it just kind of continues to push people in alternative relationships in in the dark and in in the corner. Yeah, like we don't even have the tools to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about those things. The, The more that we continue to build up this linear, you know, ideal of what monogamy is the less we know about each other unless we understand our own needs the past year was really hard i mean living in a one-bedroom apartment don't we know it new york Mm -hmm. city living and for me it put such a microscope on top of poor nate where like i really got to see his day-to-day so see who who he is and just the real firm traits and characteristics of who he is and because we were living so on top of each other it was almost like i needed a little bit of a break from the intensity of knowing this person so closely and you know i talked to my therapist about this a lot and i was like is it okay that like I fantasize or I think about other people or want to get in touch with like other people, whether it was my friends or an ex or whatever. Like, is it okay that I'm like reaching out and like looking for different kinds of people with different kind of kinds of things to bring to my life? And I'm not ready to not be monogamous. And so like, what, what am I doing? But I need a, a, a break or a little bit of variety in my life right now. And kind of what I started doing, like me and my therapist, coined this term but like in a way I started like speed dating my friends 
And what I would do is I would catch up with them and ask them more personal questions, intimate questions, where I really felt like I was deepening my relationship with them. And I was learning about someone new. And so I brought a little bit of that novelty back and I felt closer to them. And it fulfilled another part of my needs of, hey, like Nate's a very creative person. I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't want to be creative right now. I actually want to talk business or I want to talk sports or I want to talk about the school system or whatever it is that he might not have a grasp on, which is totally fine. But I'm having a deep relationship with other people who, who can provide that for me. And so in a way, like it was my way of kind of dating without going outside of the monogamy boundaries. But, and, and so like, yeah, so it was just a really interesting experience because that, that was a moment where I was like, Nate is not going to be everything to me. Mm-hmm. And I need other people to fill in these gaps and I want to have deep relationships with them. And yeah. so I think that was like maybe my, my venture outside of my partner mm. to be like, who else can I be really close with? Yeah. Uh, that, that's like unlocking something that like we think of monogamy as like singularity, right? It's that one person that completes you, your soulmate. But, you know, it's more about the depths of relationships. And that can be, you know, many different types of relationships that actually bring you that sense of feeling safe, feeling comfortable, feeling loved, feeling healthy and happy. And we don't have to put all the pressure on one relationship to define monogamy. But maybe, you know, you can still be monogamous in terms of your sexual romantic partner. But it's more about finding depth in many different sources mm-hmm. and not just that one person. Mm-hmm. I think I think you just have to be open to the relationships you have because then you'll just be denying yourself forever mm-hmm. and ever. And I think, you know, men and women can be friends or, you know, you can be friends with your ex. Like, there's mm-hmm. a reason you guys were together. We have to get comfortable with that. Yeah, I think it's really easy when you're in a monogamous relationship to say, like, oh, that's off limits. That's a closed door. That's not for me. I don't feel that way. And maybe like repress it when actually there are so many opportunities or paths that you could take that, you know, are worth exploring. And who's to say that like if you're attracted to someone else other than your partner, that that's just about you don't love them anymore. Mm. Maybe it's about something else. Maybe it's about I think it would be really cool if we had room to like explore those connections. It's like why am I so attracted to this person other Mm -hmm. than my spouse? Well, maybe because Mm -hmm. it's not about that I love them and that I don't love my spouse anymore, but maybe it's I love the way that they do something or Mm -hmm. I love their passion. I love their, you know, energy. I love who they are and how they present themselves. Maybe there's something to learn from that, you know, and it's at surface level, maybe it looks like you are veering away from your partner, but maybe there's something deeper and it'd be nice if we had the room and the space and not the judgment to like experience that and explore that. I think you can set that expectation with, with your partner of I'm an ever growing and changing person. The last thing I'd ever want is to deny yourself of Mm -hmm. anything of your needs and your wants. We got to roll with the punches and roll with the changes as, as we continue to, to grow together and, and never say never. So yeah, I mean the only time I've ever, had an open-ish relationship was like at the end of college you know but that it was a little bit different like 
I met my ex-boyfriend. We really liked each other. He was in a different school. I was in a different school. We had senior year to go. There was no way I was going to do like a long distance Mm -hmm. relationship my senior year of college after being my wild self the whole time, most of the time. But anyway, but there wasn't as much at stake. Like we were just starting out a relationship. And I think everyone goes through this where you're like dating like three or four people at a time and then you kind of like narrow them out and you're like, oh, you end up with, with your one that you liked all along. Where for us, it was a little bit different. We really, really liked each other. I think we, we, we really liked each other and we knew we wanted to be together. And whenever we saw each other, it was wonderful. And we knew when we were apart, it was a don't ask, don't tell kind mm. of situation. So that was really my only experience. And then I've been monogamous ever since, but I do have an amazing therapist who actually one of her fortes is alternative relationships. And so she has me, and I'm a very loving person. I love love. Mm -hmm. I love relationships. I love thinking about my past relationships and what it means to me. I'm a very sexual person and I'm attracted to a lot of people. I'm (laughs) attracted to a lot of things. People are like eyes over here all the time, (laughs) all the time. And Nate knows this. Nate knows this about me. So, so you know, I have I have always told him, and I realized this when I broke up with my ex, that I was this, like, changing person. And so I had to say to Nate, like, yes, we're going to be in a monogamous relationship, but, like, never say never because I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I know what my heart can hold. And I know what my body wants and likes (laughs) so like so like there might be a time where like variety is needed but Nate is like the best and I would never want to put us in jeopardy but like I I've been very transparent about like maybe maybe -hmm. because I know myself and Mm -hmm. I do think long term and I do think oh my god same person for 20 years 30 years that's a long fucking time I wish kind of sometimes that there was this like Rum Springer. <laughs> Midsummer, just like let's go for it. Like, Where like everyone who's been in a committed relationship for at least ten years is like, okay, break, and like get gets their wildness out, and then comes back, and that it was normalized. Sometimes having the variety allows your your partner, your number one boo, to really to shine. shine. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> contrast right to mm-hmm. shine monogamy is fucking boring it's boring yeah, as hell i, I really listen boring. i've been with someone for um, it'll be 11 years in a few weeks oh my God. 11 years a third of my life mm-hmm. third of our lives someone said it to us that we're hitting our second decade and i was like holy shit that is terrifying <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're entering our second oh decade God. and i think it like sparked in us of like how are we gonna keep mixing it up and like keep it spicy keep it fun I think it's really hard and nobody talks about that either I think everybody's like ha 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 like marriage is boring like you're boring now it's like a trope in culture but like let's talk about how to fucking change it or how to make it better like and not with just like more things like I don't think getting a dog will solve it being less boring or having a a baby yeah and milestones to look forward to it's not about you exactly so I think like yeah for example I think for us if I have to put a name to it I think we're trying to explore like more of a new territory from a standpoint of like intimacy like it feels like work 
to be honest like it's a lot of work yeah monogamous relationships are a lot of work it my relationship has been a lot of work but to what you said earlier was that like we need to grow together and I think Shay Jackson said this to me once this amazing woman that we both worked with hi Shay Shay, if you're listening and that has stuck with me is that if your relationship is growing and expanding that's all that matters as long as it's not contracting and making you feel less of yourself or smaller or hurting you as long as it's growing and expanding and that can mean positive that can mean hard like difficult growth it can mean weird like uncomfortable we don't know if we're going to get through this like as long as you're growing and expanding together that's what's most important I think I've internalized that a lot and like tried to instead of mapping our relationship by decades or years or milestones or what we should do instead of measuring it by that measuring it by are we growing together in some shape or form positive or negative and right now it's like we're growing together in that like we're figuring out how to get married we're figuring out you know how to keep things interesting those are the things that I know are signals we're growing together we're expanding together we're not on you know on different pages and we're not hiding from each other or contracting or you're being allowed to be yourself right like there is this true strong trust of like we're not going anywhere if we hit a hard patch or you're really pivoting from something that I might think is outside of my limits like we will figure this out together and that the trust there is so huge you know what I'm going to tell my child I would encourage them to explore more than I did I think I grew up thinking monogamy was the ideal and it was the best thing and it was the only thing. And I spent my entire teenage years and college years and adult years searching for it until I found it and I pinned it down and I made him spend the rest of his life with me. Right? And I think I'm going to try to encourage my kids to do it a little differently. And not because I regret my relationship by any means, but I want them to have more room to explore and find themselves and figure out what style of love romance sex you know fulfillment works for them and meet many different people like I can't wait for my future non-existent kid to come home with many different types of people and be showing that they're exploring many different types of relationships because I know that that will ultimately fuel their growth and I, I'm excited for that. So I think, yeah, I think it's unrealistic for sure. I think I am living that in contradiction, but somehow making it work and understanding that never say never and things might change. And as long as we're growing together, it's fine. Right. But I would love to like have my kid do something different for me. And I think it is unrealistic. And I hope that other people feel comfortable feel strong enough, feel supported enough to explore along the way and not feel confined by it. Never say never that it can't work. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've we seen it work. We've seen couples who have been married until they die, like all, all of that. It, it totally is possible and that might be your style. I think it is realistic for some people, but I just don't think it should be the status quo. There is not one size fits all right. for for people when it comes to relationships and let alone everything else in life. We can't even stick to the same job anymore mm. where people used to be lifers and uh, and work for Xerox for 30 years or whatever. We don't do that with we don't do that with our tastes in clothing or food or anything else. Like 
why why is it this one thing yeah. that is a must? Because those expectations aren't really set anywhere else. So yeah. totally possible, but I just wish it wasn't the status quo status quo my takeaway from this conversation too is like all the myths that we're kind of busting right we probably are more wired to have multiple different partners but if you choose to have one you better work you better yeah you better work because it takes work (laughs) it's okay for people to admit that it sucks and it takes work and it's hard like it's about the depth of your relationships not just the one you know, singular relationship that defines everything else. Your partner doesn't have to be everything to you. You can find fulfillment in other people. That's okay. It's permissible. Mm -hmm. I think let's try to separate monogamy and what what is built for society, what's built for our financial institutions, what's built for culture, versus if monogamy is built for people, Mm -hmm. for the people we want to be and the lives we want to live, right? Like, just Mm -hmm. open that door for yourself and figure out if it's right for you and how you want to live it a hundred percent as we finish our drinks (laughs) (laughs) all right well after the break we're gonna do our little is it just me pop off and a sign off for the day after that talk to you soon We are back, and for the last part of the episode, this is our um, this is our little pop-off moment. It doesn't have to be related to monogamy whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just what's on our mind, what's, what's bothering us, where we feel like we're on our own little island saying, is it just me, or does XYZ blow my fucking mind? So I think I'm going to start first, and, and we can do it. Let's yeah, go. so you have a minute to go off on something, and your minute starts now okay is it just me or do men need to stop having opinions about botox stop it you don't even know what botox is you think botox is gonna make our lips bigger or our eyes bulge out or like modify our face to terrifying degrees kardashian level Mm. degrees this is not the truth quick education Botox only freezes muscles in your face. So, you know, the lines on your forehead or the little wrinkles around your eyes, you just stop using those muscles so so that you're not having wrinkles on your face. It's not that hard. And also, just a fun fact, usually women are doing this and the partners of men are doing this and the men are saying, no, my God, it's gonna mess up your face. It's my face, it's my face, and you don't even notice when I get a haircut, so don't, (laughs) even tell me you're gonna notice when I'm not using my forehead muscles. Thank you, goodbye. (laughs) Oh my God. Can we just talk about how you gave an full education (laughs) on what Botox is in less than like 20 seconds. That was incredible. Listen up, everybody. Sponsor us. amazing I didn't even know that I was like wow okay now I learned something today I learned (laughs) and all the men need to hear it yes shut up like learn about that and then don't talk about it ever again women know what they're doing we know we scrutinize like all all the shit and it's their face it's their face it's not like they're gonna be messing around with the face no gotta protect the precious goods yes yes the face is the most important part all right (sighs) All right, lady. You ready? I don't know. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, this one's a real deep cut for me. So. <laughs> right, I feel like there's going to need to be some explanation after. We'll see, we'll see. Okay, okay, do you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, your time starts now. Is it just me or is math fucking dumb? Who needs the maths? Okay, when were you ever using cosine and tan and whatever the fuck other thing in your real life ever? And the y's and the x's and the axes and the things and the, the geometry. Goodbye. I don't care. All, the only angles I care about are where I'm angling for some cute looks <laughs> in the mirror and my selfie of the kitty. You know, like I do not care. And I spent so much time trying to be good at math. But you know what? It's fucking hard. And we got calculators for that shit. And goodbye. Also, science. See you later. Fuck you, science. Okay? Like I love like real science. Like appreciate science. But like graduated cylinders and beakers. Like I ain't got one of them in my life. Not one. Okay? And I spent so much time thinking about like where does water line fall on the graduated cylinder like that was the first question on all the tests and i always got it wrong so you know what you can be smart and not be good at math and science and you can still live your life and it's okay all right we're sorry uh, okay okay let me explain i just said like i don't i hate science like, that is not no. accurate but like you know i just i think that maybe we should think about the curriculum that is taught to young children about math and science because like i didn't feel like i really learned how it works I just feel like I learned a lot of things that I had to memorize and I uh, struggled a lot with like math because I am a more creative brain and I felt like it was very rigid and confusing and so I think we should think about like how we apply it in everyday life and maybe teach a little bit more of that or something I don't know I struggled with it it's a weak spot you know that's me. Also, Dana <laughs> is like stupid smart. She's really smart. It's just, it's not her favorite thing. So, you know, she's popping off about it. But I think this is a bigger, there is a bigger issue that maybe we'll have an episode on one day where like, you know, education so obviously needs to be restructured. Why the fuck are you learning about cosine and tangent when like people don't even know how to save money or set up bank accounts and just shit like that? Like, Come yes. on, we don't need it. Yes. If you're going to be an architect, like decide that at four years old and go to that school, whatever. Yes. But, um, you know, we don't need to be threatened by it and have like our whole lives hang on the, the cosine and tangent I, and yes. geometry thread. Yes, I had a lot of trauma from being really, really bad at calculus and having to take it past fail and being in tutoring every morning, still trying to figure it out, and I couldn't figure it out. It was really hard, and it took a toll <laughs> on me. And anyway, yes, exactly. Like, let's think about how we teach it and how, you know, like I would rather be able to know how to read a financial document, a financial statement, you know, than right. necessarily understand what an isosceles triangle is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or a it's but, not a binary. But the isosceles <laughs> triangle. No. And all of that. But, um, what's it called? Like all the different kinds of triangles? Or. I just told you I don't know a lick about math. <laughs> <laughs> and she's out here ass quizzing me. I'm like, who's the like, famous Greek man that, like, Pythagorean? <laughs> Okay, you know what? There's like a lot to unpack. Me and Dana are going to leave this podcast and move to the couch and unpack all her math and science trauma. So thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of Just Me Okay. And uh, we'll be making a new one soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>